Welcome to another episode of the Good Listening To Show, your life and times with me, Chris Grimes. The storytelling show that features The Clearing, where all good questions come to get asked and all good stories come to be told. And where all my guests have two things in common. They're all creative individuals and all with an interesting story to tell. There are some lovely storytelling metaphors. A clearing, a tree, a juicy storytelling exercise called 54321, some alchemy, some gold, a cheeky bit of Shakespeare and a cake. So it's all to play for. So yes, welcome to the Good Listening To Show, your life and times with me, Chris Grimes. Are you sitting comfortably? Then we shall begin. Oh, yes, indeedy doody. Welcome, welcome to a very, very special celebratory episode as we're going to package it. Episode number 100 of the Good Listening To podcast. And I've been saving a space for this lovely man if he'd say yes. And of course he's going to say yes, because this is the leader of the Yes tribe. He's my first tribal leader within the Good Listening To clearing. This is Dave Cornthwaite, who is an epic adventurer, explorer, and a man who is after my own heart. He says yes a lot and doors with lubricated hinges open if you say yes more in life. Dave Cornthwaite from Big Sky Hideaway as well, which we'll get on to. I bid you very welcome. Thanks for having me, Chris. Good to be here. You're welcome. So how's morale? What's your story of the day or of the moment, please? Um, morale's interesting. It's, it's up and down at the moment. We're, we're, we're still in a in a in a young space uh, the big sky hideaway in lincolnshire and covid let led to my wife and i finding a little small holding and creating a little camping and glamping site chris as you know because you were here last year i was there and we a story of the day really at the moment we're just deciding where to put new compost toilets and build a a smaller paddock for our our boy alpacas before they start flirting with their mums so uh yes. lots of lots of posts in the ground and, and mesh stapling, not my favourite thing, but must the be done. The mesh stapling keeps a flirting alpaca at bay is a, a new catchphrase, I think. Yeah, I think there's a T-shirt in that. <laughs> and you do do Dave T-shirts as well. Please do tell us about those too as we go through. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm wondering whether to continue doing that just because the world doesn't need more stuff, let alone mine. So, uh yeah, I mean, I've been pretty busy over the last few years, Chris, as you know, and and learning how to make paddocks and compost toilets is just the latest in the, <laughs> in, the in the climbing of the ladder. And by the way, it is an extraordinary small holding you have made. I was there close to the beginning, but about six, seven months ago, um, I, I followed a post on on LinkedIn, on on Facebook rather, trying to find somewhere to camp, and then suddenly up came your camping site. Big Sky Hideaway in Boston in Lincolnshire. And then there was the Yes bus in the background, which is obviously yours. And we had a slightly weird conversation where I hadn't quite made the connection, having asked you a few weeks before. Are you anything to do with the chap who, because that's a bit extraordinary, there's your Yes bus. And you went, oh, it's me. And I normally dropped my, I, I nearly dropped my phone because there was suddenly an extraordinary sort of conspiracy of the universe to go, oh, it's the same person. So yeah, <laughs> yeah, then we we came to camp and we stayed in one of your glorious contraptions. You've got it is a very exciting and eclectic sort of mix of equipment you have. There's an American school bus. So just riff on what's there and what you're curating and creating. 
Yeah, I guess the, the the basic idea is just to encourage people to spend more time outside and uh, at the same time handily have a little business so we can pay off the enormous debt that we went into to, to have this place. Uh, and that means, you know, offering all kinds of different levels of comfort. Some people need, need a mattress to sleep on. Fair enough. I'm one of them now. Uh, some people just like swinging in a hammock. So we've got a hammock village, two land pods with their own double beds in. We've got a converted American school bus, which we found on the set of a Hollywood movie and the Yes Bus double decker which yes. uh the proceeds of which support say yes more which i'm sure we'll talk about later but as a social enterprise i run to help people get outside so on top of that we've got alpacas and tree planting and we plant our own food and chickens roaming around it's it's pretty cool and you've got your own podcast as well self-propelled you've done some epic adventures in how you've said yes to the world when i opened up your website by the way i just love the sort of main quote which is begin if ever you're caught between two decisions, always go for the one which makes for the best story. And then in your backstory, I know, and we'll get onto this on your behalf shortly, but after realising my cat was way cooler than I am, I decided to make life better and say yes more. And because of my love and joy of comedy improvisation, by the way, yes and, yes and, yes and, is a universe which we, we co-occupy. And, mm. and just before we get on the open road of welcoming you to the clearing, when Stan and I, my son, came to see you, um, we did sort of big each other up, Stan and I, about our table tennis prowess. And you had a table there. And I do remember mm. saying that I'll get to kiss your flip flops when I've gone down. But actually, if I could just get this officially on record, whose flip flops were being kissed by the end of the match? Yeah, I believe you you won in that in that one, Chris. Although I'd I'd love you to come back, and uh, I wasn't in the best headspace when you visited, so I'd I'd <laughs> love to. We we were we were going through a pretty horrendous time in the background, and um, it would be it would be nice just to just to play ping pong with a clear head. So you know, bring your flip flops back sometime. <laughs> By the way, I do remember that you were literally on the cusp of getting planning permission, having done so much work to get the ground pegs in. You were literally on the on the well, it was it was an emergency almost of everything could go to pot if you didn't get the permission that you're waiting from in, within the Lincolnshire infrastructure. So yeah, that that's right. Yeah. I mean, that was a process that took most of last year and uh, scuppered our first year of opening. Um, but gladly we've got it now. So we're, we're all ready to go in 10 days time. We open up for the first time officially. And we will be back, by the way. And there is, uh, I'm just blowing a bit of extra smoke at you. There is a really, really wonderful montage of your first year within Big Sky Hideaway. It is a great, great film. And it's just really exciting. because You can really see, fast sped up, how how much work has gone into what you and Emma have created together. So you're curating yeah. a magical land, I think. Yeah, yeah, we've we've been busy over the last year, and we're we're slowly starting to reap the rewards now. And there's definitely we feel the progress, and that's that's lovely. And of course, we're speaking to each other. You know, here in the, I'm in Bristol, you're in Boston. This is the 28th of February. This is obviously a quite a tense making time in the history of the planet as well. So this is an extraordinary, you know, mm. invocation to to keep optimistic, to say yes more. Um, and of course, I'm just giving the context of the timing in which we we get to speak together today as well. So, yeah, I think it's yeah. Sorry, Chris. Sorry to interrupt. Yeah, I, I think it is important just to keep everything perspective, and we're we're so lucky to be um, to be living the lives we are in a in a relatively peaceful place. And um, 
yeah, sometimes it feels a little frivolous to be able to talk about the things that we're we're going to be talking about. I think the important thing is that everyone's safe and well and and caring for each other. And obviously that's not the case everywhere. So uh, that's that's my continual perspective. I, I'm definitely not very, uh, I don't feel like my stories are very important uh, in that context, but yeah, optimism is 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 truly key, I think. Okay, so it's all to play for. We're going to welcome you to um, the serious happy place of your choosing called The Clearing. And then within your clearing, I'll find out what that is for you. And I'm really fascinated to know of all the places you've been adventuring across the planet. I know you went on a tandem ride of over a thousand miles. You've, you've skateboarded across Australia. You've done some extraordinary things in a, in a sort of self-propelled way, which obviously I'm hoping you will riff on in any case. But then once we found out where your clearing is, I'll arrive a bit waiting for Godot-esque and existentially with a tree to shake your tree to see which storytelling apples fall out then we'll talk about alchemy and gold there'll be a cheeky bit of shakespeare a couple of random squirrels and a cake so it's absolutely all to play for so let's get you on the open road um where is what is a clearing for you dave cornthwaite leader of the yes tribe where do you go to get clutter free inspirational and able to think uh i i have to choose a deserted mid-channel island in the lower mississippi uh there's some beautiful remote unvisited sandy islands um throughout the summer when the water isn't high uh with a hammock slung and the shade of willow trees keeping the, the sun off my translucent skin <laughs> with the hammock slung i love that so so i love that i have to go for the mississippi of course you do so that's mm. a and, and hammocks uh, you you whip them out by the the sort of what's the collective noun for a bunch of hammocks but i remember you gave stan and i two hammocks before we could even land to unpack our kit when we arrived in boston so you do like a good yeah hammock. Oh, i love a good hammock i i find it really i hurt my back quite badly in 2013 and ever since then sleeping on a on a on a thin crinkly sleeping mat uh camping camping mat is incredibly uncomfortable and you know even if you're in the remote in remote areas i don't think being uncomfortable <laughs> needs to be a prerequisite um of, of of going on an adventure so yeah hammocks are easy they're, they're lightweight no poles very little faff all you need is two things to hang from and uh and and you're there so yeah definitely i, I sleep in hammocks on on pretty much all of my adventures i love it it makes me think of the word improvised bivouac as well so that's not connected to a hammock i know but i just thought i'd say I don't know why I thought of improvised bivouac, but you're welcome. (laughs) (laughs) So, um, yes, you're the first guest ever to say a hammock and it's in the Mississippi Delta. So that's 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 a double hammock whammy there. So as we swing in your hammock, then I'm going to arrive with a tree uh, next to your hammock and we're going to shake your tree now to see which storytelling apples fall out. And this is where you've been kind enough to have five. You've taken five minutes to have thought about the four things that have shaped you, Dave Cornthwaite then three things that inspire you, two things that never fail to grab your attention and borrow from the film up, that's a bit, oh, squirrels, you know, what never fails to grab your attention irrespective of what else is going on in the monsters of distraction and bombardment that's going on around us. And then finally, a quirky or unusual fact about you we couldn't possibly know until you tell us. So over to you to shake your canopy, the tree, to see which storytelling apples fall out as you see fit. Um, I suppose we we start, I guess, with the the things that I think have shaped me the most. Um, the first one, my dad was in the 
was a dentist in the Royal Air Force, uh, which meant that we we moved as a family endlessly when I was a kid. And I don't know what it was like to 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 be in one place, but I'm often um, gently envious when I when I meet somebody who grew up in one town and they've you know they've got a community, they've got roots. Uh, it's it's very rare that I've ever had roots in my life. It does mean that I. I'm really good at just packing up and and moving on, making friends in new places. But I think I think the reason I've chosen this is something that's shaped me is that um, with that I haven't been that good at keeping friendships, especially you know I, I my my early school days were in in the '90s, so pre social media, so it was just a little bit more effort to to keep up with friendships. And I was always meeting so many people, even even as a kid, uh, that. Um, yeah, strangely, you know, long-term friendships are few and far between for me. Uh, and I think a lot of that comes from that childhood movement. The, the second thing I think that shaped me was was school. Uh, I was bullied pretty horrendously. And, and I think it gave me uh, a psyche that I have, I have now. Um, uh, uh, my my friend Dan calls me an inside out armadillo, uh, and, and Dan should know he drove. Well, he's 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 very similar. He drove at ten kilometers an hour for five months behind me when I was skateboarding across Australia. And I think a, a certain determination and stubbornness comes out of um, you know just just hiding away, often you know surrounded by people who are who are picking on you, but being able to hide away in your own mind and, and still stay resilient with that. Um, and well, then so intriguing, the, the inside out armadillo. So normally if you're, hmm. I'm imagining if you're being bullied, you need the hard outer casing, but the inside out, just tell me a bit more about that. I mean, that's fascinating as a. Yeah. Well, I think, um, I guess what Dan meant by that was, you know, I just carry on going no matter what's what's thrown at me uh, it doesn't always feel good but uh whatever that that inside out armadillo casing is hiding maybe it's it's heart and soul um are protected just enough to carry on uh so yeah i think and by the way uh, even the know, rhythm not... of propelling yes and yes and yes and yes and it makes me think of the movement towards so it makes complete sense now as you can figure onto what you're doing now you are you're progressing and moving forward yeah for sure and i'll talk about progression um a little later i think but yeah it's it's important to to keep on keep on heading towards a goal and and for me having a goal is uh is a big part of that you know having that carrot to to work towards it's, it's just the, keep thing... on, keep, keep, the keep on keeping on as well sorry to interrupt the keep on keeping on quote and i and also i'm really struck with your wonderlust if you'll pardon that way of phrasing it by your father's military dentistry <laughs> <laughs> well yeah I, I don't know if it was wanderlust back then honestly it was it was it was forced I didn't have a choice I was a kid and my parents moved and I went with them uh, so I think you you develop certain skill sets depending on your on your childhood situation and and being able to to just settle in somewhere new and that being very normal um, and having not been in a place for too long to, I suppose, missed it. Um, you know, and that, it didn't that irony of your father being a dentist metaphorically pulling your roots, even though you didn't want that to happen. <laughs> Maybe, yeah. <laughs> Maybe. Um, 
but yeah I mean all of this I suppose leads to the third thing on my list of uh of of moments or periods that have shaped me uh all of this I suppose really helped when when I started embarking on adventures in my mid-20s and you know I lived out of a bag for the best part of a decade um as soon as I started adventuring so always traveling traveling lightly treading lightly you know not wanting to have a big impact not spending much money and therefore that flexibility meant I I could seize opportunity you know I didn't rent for a decade so I was I was living out of a bag out of a hammock out of a tent on people's sofas and if an opportunity came up I wasn't held back by that oh man but I'm renting a home or yes uh, if I'm away then I've still got to spend money on this thing that I'm not living in Uh, so I I just yeah I I took everything I shredded everything back and and lived uh lived with light feet for a long long time and it enabled me to to not waste time doing work that I didn't enjoy just because I needed extra money I uh I therefore spent a lot of time working on the skills that thankfully now years on I'm good enough at to be paid for and of course enjoyed a huge amount of adventures along the way which have become a really central part of my story and uh, a big part of my living and lifestyle so yeah that that being able to move uh without without really consideration uh that's that became really helpful as I became a pretend adult and you're enabling even you are grounded now obviously within Big Sky Hideaway in terms of what you're planting, in terms of the roots you're planting, but actually you're gifting the freedom to come and enjoy the big outdoors and the big skies, hence the Big Sky Hideaway. But also you're allowing that sort of spontaneity of different ways people can play in where they decide to stay. So it all is very congruent what you're describing. Yeah, I think everything's been circular in my in my certainly adult life and, and decision making. Uh, I, I never just do one thing and it's, it's a standalone there's it always comes back to to another aspect of my life and passion and uh, I've been looked after by so many wonderfully kind strangers around the world in my own adventures and uh, I, I really enjoyed seeing the way different people lived and the choices that they make and it helped me shape my my own life uh, and choices too so having a place now where yeah there's roots and a lot more responsibility um in financial and animal terms certainly than than I've been used to but I'm in a place now having not uh not had that responsibility by choice for a long long time um I just kind of set myself up to be ready for it and I still head off in in the winters most likely to to go on other adventures so yeah I'm uh I, re- I really enjoy having a place where I can I can welcome people now. It was pretty hard slinging a hammock up a tree in Hyde Park for 100 nights a year for a while um, and saying, come around to my back garden, you know, <laughs> because and, my... And was that a period yeah. of homelessness then you're describing, if you're talking about Hyde Park and a hammock for a hundred, you know, you don't mean that. I, no, I never consider it to be homelessness. You know, it was a, it was a choice. It wasn't forced on me. Uh, I I was just a, I was just a, a, a dirt bag by choice. I I didn't want to pay rent in a place. I didn't have the money to, and I knew it would completely change my future if I if I just decided to get a job 
in order to pay rent on a place nearby yes. uh, that didn't make much sense to me and I, but at the same time I, I it was going to take a long period I knew for me to be able to make a living from adventure which I really wanted to do um, so the in-between times yeah I, I camped in London's parks many many nights for for years on end but definitely wouldn't ever consider it to be homeless I was just it was a camping lifestyle <laughs> which now you're doing again the congruence is is repeating I love that and yeah. Can I ask you just one further question about the you said in the second thing that shaped you about being bullied. Do you think it's that classic thing about being always an outlier because your father was moving you around a lot? Was it always the next community you went to where suddenly you were perceived as being the outlier? Yeah, there may have been an aspect to that for sure. I think turning up at a place where friendship groups were already formed and then yes. um and then not finding it that easy to break into them. Uh yeah, I'm sure I'm sure that was part of it. But I think, you know, kids are kids are all learning. Kids can be really cruel without meaning to be. They're just trying something new and mm. and they're trying to fit in too. And sometimes bullying just comes out of that. I completely get that. Um, there was no kind of evil in my in my childhood. Um, but I I was I was definitely in a place for for a few years in my secondary school where like being alive wasn't fun. And and I considered the the worst alternative, um, quite quite fondly sometimes. So, I think I think getting to that stage and really realizing that uh, you you can you can survive even if you you don't really want to. Um, it you know it makes everything else pretty frivolous. So you know, going on adventures and having near misses, which aren't, you know, I, I've, I've had very, very few. Uh, I I think that's, I think it's, I think it's really irresponsible to go on an adventure and, and risk your life. I think, you know, God, you know, there are, there are things to live for. And, and I think in, in my adventures, especially, uh, and my projects, I've, uh, they've, they've come out of a, a love for, for being alive. And, and even the Yes Tribe, which I'm sure you're going to talk about more as we go through, but there is that lovely adage, which I got from Joe Bradshaw, a mutual friend of ours, your vibe attracts your tribe. And what's really mm. interesting now is you're creating a sort of global entity through the, I suppose, the connection to saying yes more. And also that is a sort of tribal intention. So although you're a, you're a wanderer, you're, you're finding a tribe of wanderers who share the same philosophy. Yeah, for sure. I think you can have a community without being in one spot and social media makes that incredibly easy these days. You know, it's a very, very powerful tool. A lot of, we have over a hundred Facebook groups uh, for different regions around the UK and the world. Uh, and slowly it, you know, it becomes a place where people go for positivity. There's, we don't allow any selling or fundraising, no money talk at all. Uh, it's just all about discussion, uh, no politics. Uh, it's just a, a place where people can go and be helpful to each other if they want to get outside. And on top of that, we have a 105 strong volunteer team, which puts on hundreds of events, free events a year. So people can meet online, but then meet offline uh, in a really safe, positive environment. And yeah, it's uh, it's magic. I started it because I was I came back to London and I missed that that kindness of strangers that immediately uh transpired around almost every corner in every new town village I, I passed through on my skateboard or my kayak or my paddleboard or whatever it was so but I I think people are just generally kind they're just it's easier to forget forget that when when you live in a city and life is so fast and pressured so I 
I, I, I found my Facebook audience, um, invited them camping and started turning them into real people. And that was the beginning of the Yes Tribe. Lovely. So we're still in the canopy, I think. Um, forgive me for interrupting if I did, but we're, we've got the, the final shapeage, I think, or it could be two. I get confused yeah. with my math sometimes, but it's all good. <laughs> yeah, we've had three. We've had the moving around, the bullying, the adventure. And then I think uh, this might be cheating, but Big Sky, uh, I'm, I'm right in the middle of something that is shaping my, not only my present, but my future. And I... I, I've never really had a five-year plan. I've, I've not been that guy. You know, I'm pretty happy living organically and and floating on the wind as long as it feels good. Uh, but now, as we've talked about, you know, there's a lot of responsibility owning owning some land and a business all in one place. And I I think the the roots that come from that justify um, the the lessening freedom that you know that you you also have to accept when you when you have these responsibilities and it's it's worth it you know i'm learning so many new skills how to how to run a business that isn't based around me and my adventures i i really enjoy that i i'm i, I like learning new things at the best of times the last time you did something new was the the last time you grew as a person in the last year it's been a whole bunch of different skills uh holding tools for the first time when you live out of a bag you definitely don't carry para tools around with you <laughs> um, bloody heavy so for the first time i'm learning how to build stuff and it's a slow process but i i like it it's uh it's iterative By the, way, the power of delegation i'm sure your tribe and the vibe of the tribe will certainly allow you to delegate as you go off to sort of storytell and wonder about the story mm to bring people back to the story. So it's bringing people back to a clearing, if you like, which is also the metaphor of what we're discussing here. Your clearing is now Boston, but it's still a, an energetic space that you can go away from and come back and it'll, keep, it'll still keep appearing as a clearing. Yeah, absolutely. I think, you know, the work that Ems and I are doing now in a few months time, come the end of this, this camping season in September, October, it will, will be in a position where, we, we, we know the place well, we know how it works. And even if we both need to go away, then we'll be able to find somebody else just to come in and slot in and keep it going. Uh, yeah, that's a nice position to be in. But I really, I really dig that, that behind the scenes foundation laying. I, it's one thing that I, I am really good at now. And, and I enjoy that. Yeah, it's, it's great kind of uh, setting the slabs down and, and, and building the project on top of that. And again, and from within, you may not appreciate, but from outside looking in, when you see that montage film of the first year at Big Sky, I mean, the work, the, the, the year passes and there's been that most extraordinary existential quote in the last week of history. You know, that Lenin quote of there are decades when nothing happens and then there are weeks when decades happen. You know, you, that's a parallel, but your, your, your montage is a testament to your great work and industry over the last year in putting down roots. I mean, you're literally putting things into the ground and your hands are in the <clears> dirt and the alpacas are there and the fence posts are in, but it still has a freedom to it. Yeah, definitely, definitely. You know, and being able to make a film like that is, uh, you know, is a skill that I've come from 
from my adventuring years as well. So it's not only a case of, you know, time lapsing a paddock going up and uh, relaying a track, it's planting hundreds of trees, moving school buses in. Uh, behind every single one of those shots, I had to pick a shot, get my camera going, make sure the, 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 the thing was charged. And then what a pleasure being able to edit all, all together. Yeah, I mean, you work for years to become an overnight sensation, hey? <laughs> well, that's relatable to many, many people listening, I'm sure. Brilliant. So that's the end yeah. of a wonderful bit of shapage of the of the four things that have shaped you. Now, three things. And if there's any overlap or correlation, that's absolutely to be expected. So three things that inspire you now, Dave Coulthard. Um, Yeah, this is a this is a tough one uh, because I, I I've never really been that influenced by by external inspiration. Um, it's not something I, I actively seek out. I. I tend to have enough going on in my own little mind that it's kept me busy for 42 years so far. So um, I, I don't really need to seek inspiration, but I, I really enjoy the execution of mad ideas. You know, it's so easy to talk and share things that we might do someday or that we'd like to do. But honestly, that just feels like waffle to me. I really, I really enjoy seeing someone doing what they talked about. Uh, you know, that's that's inspiring. Action's the key and ideas are nothing without them becoming real. Uh, so, yeah, that's that's always really nice to see when someone um, is just doing something and they didn't spend years talking about it beforehand. <laughs> action towards the energy. And I, I love that quote, by the way, the difference between what you want and what you get in life is what you do. It's nearly always the action towards also hmm. to reiterate your lovely quote, which I only discovered the first time in researching you this morning. But if ever caught between two decisions, always go for the one which makes for the best story. Begin. You know, that 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 makes complete sense. And that is that inspires you, obviously, but it's also inspirational to read that. I thought, wow, boom, looking forward to this was what I thought. <laughs> oh, that's cool. And I appreciate that, Chris. I think, yeah, it's really important. I just because I've met so many people, if you're on an adventure and you meet people, they instantly then tell you about the adventures that they've always wanted to do uh, if they haven't done them already. And and then just starting up the Yes Tribe over, over the last six or seven years, naturally, I've had a lot of conversations with people who've always dreamt about doing something. And maybe they're just now finding their finding the confidence to go for it. Uh, but so often these plans and ideas are delayed because of excuses that people have turned into reasons, but they they don't they're not reasons they're just they're just things that that delay life and from, I think we have to we have to make the most of our little time here and um there's so many excuses out there and they're all absolute drivel <laughs> you know I think yeah. as soon as we live a life without excuses and just crack on then um then so much gets done and life is 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 so rich uh and I yeah I've really I don't have any patience with the um, with either my own or other people's excuses anymore, because I know that it just takes a little bit of action. And then as soon as you're on that, on that journey, you start, you begin, then, then there's no excuses anymore. It doesn't mean it's all easy, but you know, if you reach one of those things you thought was an, a reason not to do it once upon a time, it's just a hurdle because you're on yes. the way and you, you just hop over it in a couple of seconds and boom. Oh, why did I wait three years because of yeah. that thing? I did <laughs> you it. Know? There was, there yeah, was a exactly. 
<laughs> and it, there was a very um, ancient, he was, he was Peter O'Toole's mentor when I was at drama school. There's someone called Nat Brenner who would talk about, you know, a very embryonic performance. Give birth, would you love? It's just do it. Just do it. Make a commitment. Make a choice. <laughs> decide. Um, yeah. And also it, what you've described, I've also heard coached, sorry, couched as being reasonable reasons. People come up with a whole maelstrom of reasonable reasons not to do what their inner genius is telling them to do, but they just find a reasonable reason not to do it. Yeah, but even that's probably unreasonable, isn't it? Let's 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 be honest. Like, if we want to do something new, then how the hell do we know what we're going to face? You know, simply, we're going to go and do that new thing because we want to be a different person, because we want to evolve a little bit. Yes. So holding yourself back with yesterday's excuses um, doesn't make much sense to me anymore. And I think... Um, just being a perennial doer since I was 25. I wasn't always like this. I was, I was a lazy excuse maker, um, you know, sagging in my, in my, in my huge <laughs> sofa size beanbags with a, with a 10 hour a day PlayStation habit and absolutely nothing to me whatsoever. And after a while, I just, you know, I didn't want to be inspired by anyone else. I just wanted to at least inspire myself, you know? And I think when, uh, when you start doing stuff, it becomes a habit. And as long as you, you know, positive or negative habits, habits continue. So I just thought, let's make a positive habit of, of just doing stuff and, and not talking about it, at least until it's done. You've made me think there is a bit of Shakespeare coming up, but you've made me think of to thine own self be true. I love that. Thank you. But a Hamlet, you're welcome. Oh, yeah, but you, you say that. I think for, you know, you're being true to yourself if you're, if you're stagnant and, and, you know, if that's it's, it, we are how we spend our time, right? It is. It is so a if, you, if you, yes, yeah. If that becomes perpetual, then maybe that's not not too healthy either. Um, we are, yeah. yeah we so are let's, the sum let's of just our, crack on. Yes, we are the sum <laughs> of our choices. Boom. Okay. So, do, do you want to do any more inspiration, or it's all coming from within? And what inspires you is the quality right. to get stuff done. Chris, you asked me to to think of three things that inspired me, and I have indeed found three. Uh, the The second one uh, is <laughs> a good a, a good storyteller. Uh, I I do, I love writing. I've written a few books, but it's been a long, long time since I've had the headspace to to sit down. Mo mostly because I just you know I don't really like dwelling on my past. Um, even if a few a few days of my 42 years have been interesting enough to talk about uh but i really i feel like i've i've, I've archived so many stories in my head that i'd like to write them down or at least make a big film about them or something so listening to someone tell a story beautifully uh gets me in the mood for writing and and i i really like that feeling um both listening to the story being inspired and starting to write things down as a result. I recently heard, um, listened to an audio book by Dave Grohl, the, 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 the lead of the Foo Fighters, but also, of course, Dave was, was the drummer in Nirvana and has had an amazing, amazing past. And my God, the man can tell a story. Uh, you know, if you <laughs> want to be inspired, you don't need to like music. You don't, you know, even if you've never heard a Foo Fighters or Nirvana song, um, you know listen just listen to the way he tells a story and i and i promise you you'll be inspired so yep a good storyteller uh unbeatable and then the the final thing that inspires me um at the same time as drives me on is progress we talked about it touched touched on it earlier and i 
I love seeing something in a developed stage that uh, needed a lot of work to get there. And, you know, that could be, for me, there's, there's a real juxtaposition between constantly being on the move, pouring at the road with a skateboard under my left foot and my right foot blistered up, but going for miles and miles, day after day after day after day, month after month, and then eventually in my case, making it from, from John O'Groats to Land's End and then from Perth to Brisbane across Australia, that iterative understanding that, you know, do small things often, often, often really accumulates and the, the end product is beautiful. And it's so worth the, the boredom sometimes and the, the menial nature of, of repetition to get to that final, that final picture. I love that I, picture. It's really Sorry, I love that picture of the skateboard and pad, 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 which is progress, 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 progress. Yeah. Or love dipping that. a paddle in the water, you know, heading down a really long river for, for months on end. I it's it's all it's all paying off now as I've I've spent the last year relaying our track. I ignored a nine thousand pound quote from a from a, a local <laughs> construct con, uh, contractor and thought, bugger that, I'm doing it myself. So I've, I've sieved over 100 tonnes of stone out of a huge pile of crushed concrete I found on the site. I've dug up 200 metres of track a foot deep each time, filled it with boulders and then the smaller stones and smaller stones. And I've, I've done it bit by bit, inch by inch, mile by mile. And, and now I'm looking at a track that, uh, you know, a Porsche could drive down, let alone uh a land rover so i uh i could skate on the track i've made over the last year and that's really satisfying but i don't know many people who'd be patient enough to spend that long slowly There's three lovely you know, people making something by hand. progress <laughs> pride paving and i love that there was a th- and yes beautiful love that <laughs> Awesome stuff. Okay, so now then I think we're on to uh, two things that never fail to whoop squirrels grab your attention, irrespective of what else is going on for you. Hmm. Uh, the first one is non-motorized forms of transport. It's become an ongoing theme in my life. My adventure umbrella is called Expedition 1000. And I gave myself this target when I was uh, 28. I'd already completed two uh no, I was 30, sorry. I had completed two of my my thousand mile journeys and I decided that they'd be the first two of a project to do 25 different journeys, each one at least 1,000 miles in distance, but each one of those 25 using a different form of non-motorized transport. And there are, there are hundreds out there, uh, you know, the obvious ones you might be able to tick off in one hand, but then you start to get a little spurious. But I really every time I see something without a motor and it could be something like, I don't know, a, one of those little trolleys that a delivery man you know, hoists some heavy parcels onto. <laughs> and it's like, that thing's got wheels. I wonder how I could travel a thousand miles on that. So uh, some are really interesting. Some like a pogo stick. I, you know, I look at for a while that. and then think, yeah, that's not going to happen. Um, uh, but yeah non-motorized transport definitely turns my head i love that um, we've like... got a world exclusive of a thousand miles on a sack truck by dave cornway <laughs> <laughs> yeah. i mean god the the rabbit the rabbit holes i've 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 gone into just working out how i could travel a thousand miles in really really random ways and so many of them are possible some of them though 
possible as they may be not very enjoyable so i scrub them off the list because i i want to enjoy these trips i i'm not i'm not someone for a thousand miles stare into the camera and to take my adventures seriously i there's there's nothing serious or important about adventure other than self-development and that's a personal choice and i i want to have fun when i'm on my way so from kick scooting around I, I really enjoy your ambition of doubling the Pogues. Uh, 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 not the yes, the the um the, the one not the Pogues. Who's who are the chaps that um, I would walk ten thousand five hundred miles? Is it the Pogues? The Pretenders. Pretend yes, no, not the Pretenders either. I've given myself a senior moment. Who are the boys that I would walk five hundred miles and? They're I, Proclaimers. Thank you for. It was one that. of them, wasn't it? There was a P yeah. word that eluded me. Senior moment there. Thank you. I don't think I'd even doubled them because their song is all about I would or could walk a thousand miles. They're never promising to do it. So they're just chatting and they're never going to get around to it, probably because they're too busy singing the same words again and again. <laughs> Quite great observation. Love that. And I think we now could be onto a quirky or unusual fact about you. And you've been giving us these by the bucket load anyway, but a quirky or unusual fact about you, we couldn't know until you tell us. Um... This is a weird one. I think there's probably millions, really. Uh, but I don't know. I, I don't know what's that interesting. I was at 14. I was European champion at Tetris on the Game Boy. Let that hang there. That'll do. <laughs> I mean, that's pretty geeky, isn't it? That's not something you chat about. But I absolutely loved Tetris on the Game Boy when that came out. My God, I played I played a lot. And um I loved you you used to link up and I literally went to a hall in Germany where, uh, you know, you had to link up. I don't know. It was like a meter or two meter cable from Game Boy to Game Boy, brick to brick. And you battle it out in a speed Tetris round with, you know, some kid from Cologne. (laughs) And um, yeah, I took home the trophy. I love that. And wind forward X number of years later, there you are sifting one did you say a thousand, you can't have said a thousand tons but a serious tonnage of, of of rubble and concrete tetris building blocks building blocks it's all there yeah everything's a building block you just need to know where to put it you are mr quotes akimbo you should be writing this stuff down this is great <laughs> you're recording it of course <laughs> listen back listen back people there's quotes akimbo and the world exclusive a thousand miles on a sack truck so um <laughs> We've shaken your tree and I'm curating a journey, by the way, that's about 50 minutes long. So forgive me if I get a slight lick on. But now we're going to move away from the tree, but stay in the clearing. And we're going to talk about alchemy and gold now. So when you're at purpose and in flow, uh, Dave Cornthwaite, what are you happiest doing in what you reveal to the world? Um, work, working, working hard towards a creative end i'm i'm a project here i i think ideas are worthless unless they're turned into reality and luckily i'm list driven so i i have i have an endless list of ideas which grows every single day it's longer at the end of every day than it was at the beginning even if i tick a few off and i yeah that's that's my flow i just i i I start making an idea real and and uh and it has to be so. <laughs> and then finally, I'm going to award you with a cake for gracing us with your presence here in the Good Listening to Clearing for episode 100. Uh, do you like cake, Dave Cornthwaite? Yeah, I, I do. I enjoy, I enjoy the occasional cake. 
So um, you can choose a cake of choice going for any particular flavour or? Oh, wow. I think it's, I think Christmas cake, you know, fruit cake embezzled with booze, uh, layered with marzipan. I, don't, I know you probably want to put a cherry on this, but I, yeah, I'll have a cherry too. I love cherries too. Well, in the Christmas cake, you can have glazed, <laughs> glace cherry. That's all good. <laughs> Whatever you want, frankly. <laughs> love that. So uh, em, you said emblazoned. There was a lovely E word about your cake there, emblazoned in whatever you said. Embezzled. Embezzled, which was, uh, that was what was lovely. That was really creative. Embe so here we are with an embezzled Christmas cake. Don't know where you nicked it, but here we go. Um, you're now going to put a cherry on the cake. Thank you for the segue, where this is a favourite inspirational quote that's always given you sucker and pulled you towards your future. What notes, help or advice might you proffer to a younger version of yourself, Dave? And then finally, inspired by Shakespeare and all the world's astute and all the bit of women merely players, legacy and how well mm -hmm. all is said and done, you'd most like to be remembered. Um, yeah, I've never really been one to live by quotes. You know, I think they're just a few words just can't sum up the potential of life. And, you know, I, I see people saying they they heard a quote and it changed their life and i struggle to believe it honestly but i think there's there's some beautiful ones out there that might fit the occasional moment um first of all my uh the best advice i've ever been given was by my friend sean conway uh and he said uh, always be nice to anyone who has who has ac access to your toothbrush uh which i think <laughs> is just genius um and, you know, you could take that on many, many layers, uh, e even the most simple. And it just makes a lot of sense. And I think <laughs> I think things should make sense. Um, my best, my favourite quotes. Uh, there's a lot of very cool ones out there. I've written down a couple. Uh, St. Augustine uh, said, uh, my feelings lie in my memories, which for me, you know, I think all we are is memories, really. And why, why not create some really nice ones and make decisions in the future based on creating memories for your older self? Um, Neil Gaiman also said the world always seems brighter when you've just made something that wasn't there before. Uh, and I and that that kind of sums sums up the way I've been living, uh, even if it even if I just read it after I'd done a lot of stuff. Um, so, yeah, nice one. Nice one, Neil. Uh, advice to my younger self. It'll all be OK stop worrying you know just just it'll be fine <laughs> and shakespeare how would you most like to be remembered you don't have to do shakespeare this is just borrowed from the all the world's a stage yeah um honestly i i talking about legacy i i look back at my time as a newspaper editor at swansea university as part of the students union and you have this uh, elected, faux elected crew of pimply faced youngsters who haven't got any life experience, but they found themselves at the top of their very small tree. And all I remember that all everybody talked apart, everybody apart from me talked about was to leave a legacy of the, of the union, even though, you know, every three years, there's a whole new generation of people and no one will ever know who you are, who was the student president or the welfare officer a couple of years earlier. And frankly, I just thought, Oh, you guys just stop, stop, stop living with legacy in mind. Just live with, with now in mind. So that's, that's how I've, I've always felt. Um, oh, I, I love that. Know. By the way, uh, uh, Dave Cornthwaite, the man who lived with now in mind. That'll do. 
I'll <laughs> do. Yeah, fine. You know, I'm I'm sure my you know when I when I pop it, whenever that might be, everyone will have a different view. Everyone who met me will have a different view of me anyway. So there's leg legacy is ridiculous, really. It's not for me to dictate. I'm dead. I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> um, but maybe someone who gave more than they took something silly like that also when we met you have a really interesting steer on although you are mr yes tribe you you gave a really wise steer on the fact that you don't just say yes to everything you're actually really discerning about what you say yes to aren't you oh massively i say no a whole bunch more than i than i say yes to uh but that's because i've said yes so many times i know what i like to do and what i don't like to do yes. and i think that that's why it's say yes more, not say yes to everything. That's why yes. say yes more is my my motto. Yeah, it, it 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 limits the options going forwards, which is really really healthy. When you, you know, you just kind of cut off the the things that you know you don't want to do because you tried yes. them already. Yeah. <laughs> and finally, where can we find out more about Dave Cornthwaite and everything you're up to on the hinterweb? Yeah, the internet is very easy uh, for the adventure stuff and all of my little social projects, davecornthwaite.com. If you can't spell Cornthwaite, then Dave Corn will, will get you to my Instagram. Uh, and then you can link through uh, lots of adventures and films on there. And then the Big Sky Hideaway is bigskyhideaway.com. And Say Yes More and the Yes Tribe community, sayyesmore.com is the website. And then the Yes Tribe on Facebook. You've been listening to the wonderful Dave Cornthwaite, who's been very kind to come in as episode 100 that I've been banking with him in mind, but he didn't know about that until I told him. Uh, I've been Chris Grimes. This has been Dave Cornthwaite. And good night. You've been listening to the Good Listening To show here on UK Health Radio with me, Chris Grimes. Oh, it's my son. If you've enjoyed the show, then please do tune in next week to listen to more stories from The Clearing. If you'd like to connect with me on LinkedIn, then please do so. There's also a dedicated Facebook group for the show, too. You can contact me about the programme, or if you'd be interested in experiencing some personal impact coaching with me, care of my Level Up Your Impact programme, that's chris at secondcurve.uk. On Twitter and Instagram, it's... At that Chris Grimes. So until next time, from me, Chris Grimes, from UK Health Radio, and from Stan... To your good health. And goodbye. So, Dave, you've just been given a good listening to in this format, the Good Listening To podcast with me, Chris Grimes. If I could ask for your immediate feedback, what's your, what do you think? What was your experience of having been given a good listening to in this way? Yeah, Chris, it's, you know, it's, it's nice to, to answer some questions that aren't your kind of typical podcast fodder. So it's really nice just to, just to have a, a slightly deeper think into some areas of your, of your life and times that you probably usually wouldn't. So yeah, thank you for being uh, thoughtful and, and interested. <laughs> That's rare. <laughs>